On our special 10th episode of the Zone of Truth, we're joined by the entire HLP crew to recap the Origins Game Festival and the party-splitting disaster of the last couple weeks. We recap some of the decisions made, romances started, and creature feature the Nethel Ghoul in all its brain-sucking glory. I'm your host, Steve, in studio with your GM and my co-host, Griffin. Roll will save. You're in the Zone of Truth. And we're back. Yep, we're back, and we're recording at home. Oh, it feels good. What a fucking treat, dude. I'm not I'm not sitting on a queen bed in, in the middle of Seattle trying to record something. <laughs> Hotel ambiance. I will say, I feel equally like death. I'm burned out, man. Yeah, we did just get back from Origins. Uh, cons will do that, man. It's, yeah. a, it's a busy con season. Uh, it's summer. Yeah, summertime, man. Happens so fast. Summer 11. It was a blast. I don't even know if that's the words. It wasn't. <laughs> now, what do you, well, what are you drinking I'm, to celebrate the summer season? I'm drinking a uh, a fruity, citrusy, absinthe, seltzer water, and lime juice. Mm, sounds pretty good. tasty. It's interestingly good. I didn't think it would be. As for myself, I'm drinking a glass of water because if I drink alcohol, I uh, I could die. I could. I thought if you stopped drinking, you would die. It's the catch-22. <laughs> how, how, how do I handle this situation? I guess you handle it by waiting till Thursday. Yeah. Probably. Maybe. No, I'm going to be drinking on Thursday. That's right. Yeah. Got some special drinks on Thursday. Anyway, let's see how long we can delay and make the other people wait here uh, awkwardly. Speaking of awkward people. Hey, everybody else in the room. Howdy. Hello. Hello. Welcome back. It's been eight episodes since we've had us all together on the Zone of Truth. That's a long time. Has it really been eight? Are you sure? No, wait. No, we did that one, the movie one. Yeah, I was going to say. It's been several episodes since we've all been (laughs) together on the Zone of Truth. Feels like eight. Yeah. But what's everyone drinking tonight? Uh, Let's start with Brooks. What you got, man? I... Got a very fitting pack IPA from Wolf's Ridge. Mmm, a wonderful IPA. Mm-hmm. It's very hoppy, but it's still pretty good. Excellent. And Haley, I am drinking a rum and Coke and maraschino liqueur. I actually haven't tasted it yet, which was kind of a mistake. <laughs> what was that so- last one? What was that last ingredient? Maraschino liqueur. Maraschino. Yes. How? How? What? Maraschino. It is. It is maraschino. Oh, okay. It is. Idiot. God. Got her. Speaking of idiots. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Ouch. That's dirty. Is it all right, Haley? You're making a face. It's not good. Oh boy. I made a mistake. Well, we don't allow people to remix drinks on the Zone of Truth. We just suck it up. But, suck it up but, and suck it down. But but Emily, what are you drinking? I'm drinking some kinky and key lime flavored sparkling water. It's it's <laughs> really sweet. I'm not a huge oh, fan. I'm assuming that's a brand. Yeah, I'm not exactly sure what kind of liquor it is, but it's like really sweet and fruity and it's bright blue. It's kind of like uh Hypnotic. Okay, it's blue. Ra- oh. It's blue yeah. raspberry. I, I've had yeah. that before. I just well, I think it's funny. Like I don't know many people who are just like, yeah, I'm gonna have just kinky and kinky and water. I feel like you would have called it like anything else. Like I'm drinking, yeah. I'm drinking blue liqueur and sparkly water. Not I'm drinking kinky. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know anybody that leads with that. I got a little drinky kinky. <laughs> that sounds gross. Let's just get this show started. We have a whole bunch of stuff that I want to talk about today, and I want to kick things off with a little Sirenscape. 
So we're doing a little uh, throwback edition to book two of Rise of the Rune Lords. We're hopping into Magnamar and listening to the Sawmill Machinery. Shoot, this will be lovely. Delightful. Yes, it will be. Ugh, Just imagine yeah. people bustling around in a sawmill. Do you guys on? Do you guys also get that uh, very high pitched squeak? Yep. In there. Yeah. Oh, Not great. sure if that's a wheel or if that's like part of the machine. Yeah, I don't know. I think that might be my brain shutting down. <laughs> <laughs> well, good. We don't have a whole show to make it through. Perfect. Awesome. All right, folks. Well, like I said up at the top of the show, um, we all were able to attend the Origins Game Festival here in Columbus, Ohio, these past few days. Uh, It was Thursday through Sunday, and uh, now it's Tuesday. Didn't want to wait too long to record this, and I just want to recap the festival, talk about some of the stuff we did, the people that we we met, and you know our big old meetup Saturday night that we all definitely remember one hundred percent of. But yeah, let's let's get it started. So who wants to to kind of recap the fest a little bit? Who was there Thursday night or Thursday during the day? I was there on Thursday. And what did you do? I was working the booth with Die Hard Dice. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so much fun. Wow. That's so much detail. <laughs> the booth that was there at the Origins Festival with the Die Hard Dice. Uh, I did get to talk to a lot of people about a variety of games they were really excited about trying out and the characters that they were playing in them, which was pretty cool to hear some just like goofy stories about characters they're playing and different uh, dice sets that they want to get to match their characters. And it was fun just getting to talk about a lot of TTRPGs and dice. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Uh, Griff and I, I know we woke up late, rolled in a little hot to the con. Rolled in hot. Yeah. Had a little pre-drinks. Nobody could tell. It was great. We pulled it off. Pulled it off exquisitely. Well, we didn't have to work. We didn't have to work the first shift. Actually, I wasn't even on the second shift on Thursday. Yeah, neither was I. I didn't work till Friday. Oh, well, then there you go. You let the two hooligans just roam around first day. No strings attached. No leash. No collar. I, you know, I didn't see any leashes, unfortunately. I, w- I did for sale at some of the booths. Ooh. <laughs> wait, wait. Were they the child leash or the... the many of the leatherworking spaces had uh, booths <laughs> that had leashes. Dear God. Me likey. No. I'm surprised you didn't come home with one, Brooks. <laughs> um, you don't know that I didn't. I haven't seen you wear it, so Pixar didn't happen. All right, I, well... I, I have pigs. <laughs> <laughs> Steve and I share a very close bond. Personal snap. <laughs> yeah, I subscribe to Brooks's premium Snapchat. <laughs> God. No, it, well, you, you... I mean, all the snaps, it just makes, makes sense. It's between leathers, and a lot of leather, a lot of snaps. Clasps. Clasps. Oh, Brooks yeah. Personal clasp. Yeah, that's tassels. What you doing there? Tassels. What you doing there? So you guys worked the first shift. We all hung out afterwards. Thursday was a pretty mellow day, though. Yeah, we weren't at the con for all that long. I don't think we played some uh, Pathfinder Second Edition. Oh yeah, that yeah. was a blast. That was great. Um, we, you know, Griff and I had played before at PaizoCon, and then to retry out the rule set again because Tui's coming out in a couple months. Like we got to get hyped for it. Got to get prepped. Yeah, that was a. Uh, we thought we were fighting a bunch of uh, just snakes at this temple in the middle of the jungle, and then it became a skeletal champion. What everybody play? You guys were uh, Haley, Steve, and I played in it. Emily played in it as well. Uh, Brooks wasn't uh, didn't get to make the two e sash. Um, I got to make a different two e sash. So, would you guys play in the second edition stuff that you played? I was the cleric, which was my first time playing the second edition cleric which was pretty fun i like the uh the three action heal mechanics and that kind of stuff i like the i think it was like a focus power of hers that let her shoot the uh the ray of fire because she was mm-hmm. a cleric of Saren ray so i think it was kira kyra i never remember that kyra yeah. kyra i know kyra. yeah i played i played uh 
Miracell, the iconic rogue, because I've actually, in both cons, I've practiced playing the rogue because I know like at some point we're going to have a poll go out for a one-shot or who the hell knows, and everyone's going to make me play a rogue because I said I hated them. Yep. So I'm getting my practice done now. Well, there's no 2E psychic, so I'm safe <laughs> for a little while. Well, because I was playing a different one or a different game than you guys, I was actually playing uh, Miracell as oh, well. Oh, nice. Yeah. And I ha- I can't wait to tell you guys the story of how mine went. So, but I'll let I'll let Emily and uh, and Haley tell their characters first. Yeah, I played Ezrin, um, which was a wizard. Uh, it was interesting. I I again I don't know. I don't feel comfortable like having any sort of judgment with it until I understand the rules because it's just it's too new right now. So. Yeah, I feel like their little playtest thing is is kind of like the rules light version of it if you think of it that way because you're playing first level characters and first level encounter you don't really have all your spells and that kind of stuff I liked your shield yeah. reaction though that's kind of cool that thing that wizards get I mean yeah I, I, don't, I don't know again like I don't know I, right now like I feel I feel as though it was uh, sure we get some cool stuff I'm just very I'm interested to see what actually happens um, with it because I'm not sure yet. I did really like the way that they display though um, damage reduction and resistances and there is no like DR anymore it's just like everything is a resistance which is generally kind of cool. Yeah. Good stuff, good stuff. How about yourself, Emily? I played as Valoros, the fighter and I don't typically play as a fighter class but I did really enjoy it. I liked being able to take three actions so be able to move and then attack a couple times even if it was at a penalty at first level it was really fun to be able to do multiple attacks I felt like our bonuses were I mean maybe it was because we were fighting snakes at the beginning there at least in our run through but I felt like our bonuses were relatively high to at least get off that second attack it didn't seem like at the minus five we were even missing that often which was kind of cool Maybe they're just yep. trying. They just want that positive reinforcement about power. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, like I said, I played Miracel. Uh, I really enjoyed the feats, the free action feats. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, the reaction to like holding up your shield was a huge, like, difference. Also, rolling initiative based on the flavor of the situation. That I love that. I'm kind of glad really? they didn't get rid of that because there was some mixed response to that in the playtest, I know, and, and it just felt like perception, like you really have to put yourself in a place to not use perception, and it felt like perception was even more of a god skill, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad they, they still didn't, they didn't just flip it to, okay, now it's just perception. Yeah, yeah, I really like that, and like you guys talked about, or like you talked about Griffin with the the one action or I guess three action heal spell and most spells can do that I really enjoyed that it doesn't make first level spells so like forgettable after Mm -hmm. first level anymore and I I think that's that's really cool but the story that I did want to bring up we played with seven people Oh God! One of it was a family, and we got through the most of the whole combat very quickly. But the kid that was probably about ten or so, first roll was a crit. So perfect, so so perfect. He loved it. Got a bunch of damage on the next hit. Like it was, it was just so nice to see him crit and hit at first and you can just tell that he's gonna he's gonna stick with it but since i got to leave or since i had to leave i actually got critted on and died due to the skeleton archer dude oh the skeleton oh, no. champion killed one shot at you yeah one shot <laughs> i had zero damage done to me before that and it was i mean there was like poison damage and all kinds of other stuff but it was actually pretty perfect because we had to go work so well, there you go. It felt like bosses were really powerful because uh, the crit range isn't just like a nineteen to twenty or a twenty or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's like if they have a really high to hit and you're level one, you're getting blown up by yeah, these crits and the deadly like deadly characteristic to weapons now. Yep. 
Oof. Yeah, it's 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 exciting. We'll so see. Getting you know, a book in like a month. That's right. It's it's coming up very soon. I think it's releasing alongside or right next to Gen Con, and uh, it, we're it gonna is party. at Gen Con. Yeah, it's at Gen, oh, Gen Con. Right. That's where they release it. I mean, we'll be there. So I know I'm getting all the books I pre-ordered shipped there. Oh, it's for real. Yeah, that's pretty cool. All right, but that was day one of the con. Day two was Friday. Um, Griffin and I were working an early shift, doing uh, working with Die Hard Dice, moving moving dice. And Aren't we Saturday, bud? Apple. Oh shit, that's right. We I was with Eric shifts, on yeah. Friday. Griffin and I were. Yeah, yeah Haley and I worked the morning. Yep. yep. And then proceeded to uh, like because we basically had to tag tag off, which mm-hmm. was fine because we were. I mean, we had a blast working there, but. I remember you and I that day worked a fate booth the entire time. It was like win some dice. Like, oh yeah. So then had to like do all of our selling the second day. But so much talking, so much talking. I don't talk that much. Me and Emily had a rare uh, tag team drunk sesh on Friday. It was a lot of wine. <laughs> Tell us about it. Nice. Well, Haley, Haley had to go home. We so we left. We left at um, two when you guys hopped on. Uh, went across the street to North Market, at to the bar, got lunch. Haley had to leave to go let the dogs out, and then she was coming back. Emily and I bought a six-pack of seltzers, drank them all, and then, like, talked to a dude outside. And Emily pulls out, like, a 32-ounce <laughs> Nalgene of wine. Dear God. <laughs> lays it down oh, my table. gosh. <laughs> And, like, I'd say that I had my fair share of it, but I didn't. Like, I maybe had a quarter of it, and Emily finished the rest of it. And so her and I, like, stumble it back in, find Haley, go back up to the booth, and uh, it was all smiles from there. Oh, my gosh. So uh, I show up in, the in like, the convention center. I tell them where I am. Griffin, like, finds me and then says we have to wait for Emily. And next thing you know, I, t- like, and by the way, Griffin has been all, nothing but smiles and some laughs. And then next thing you know, Emily comes walking out of, uh, comes walking out as well. And she also just, like, giggles because of the <laughs> wine. And it was so great. It was honestly so funny because I walk up and they're both just, like, giggly. So we were rock up uh, drunk to our Friday evening activities, which for me and Emily and our friend Eric was playing in the Pathfinder Society special, which was such a different experience than regular society play because it was like as tables were completing events, you like every table had a runner that had to go up to the desk and there's like four people tracking things that are happening and every time one event reaches a certain breaking point uh i think it was james jacobs from from uh paizo that was that was reading out the um the events that were happening and like there was like a hush over the entire ballroom as he just like belted out things that were happening venture captains were dying like we were we had to go down into gallo spire because all of the Starfinder Society was, or yeah, Pathfinder Society was um, basically, it was thematic for us, was going into Gallowspire to kill the Whispering Tyrant. And so now I guess I know how uh, Karen Crown ends. With all of your death. <laughs> but it was, it was insane. Like the building started crumbling, and if you didn't get far enough at your table, like you all died. Oh, that sounds really hectic, but it sounds pretty cool it was intense because it's like 10 different levels of play going on like we were level 7 characters I played Lamb Lamb the bard mm-hmm. played a little uh, iconic bard all I did was inspire courage though and who'd you play Emily I was playing the cleric and unf- like I did a fair bit of healing and some damage but I also failed some crucial will saves and just was like off the map for a while too. Yeah, you got uh, panicked. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. When we needed a a person that could deal positive energy mm-hmm. damage and be a healer, she was gone. Yeah, oh, it was that's like the worst. We were panic all- is. <sighs> I know Eric got killed. We had, we had a dude in our group that was like this Zen archer monk that was just lighting stuff up. Though he's the reason we made it through with a bunch of uh, iconics, which were 
the pregens are, you know, let's be honest, not very good. No, not really. Well, while you guys were struggling, Haley and I had the best society scenario I have ever played in. It was absolutely fantastic. So we played a Starfinder Society scenario, um, and it was 201. It's with uh, Zoe, the um, Undead TV producer, and I played the... Oh my gosh, I love Zoe. Yeah, I know. I love it was Zoe. super cool. So I played the iconic um, mystic boy, Kod- Kodaski or something? Kodasai? Kodasai. Kowalski. Um, anyway, so that's I played that uh, Sheer Cleric. My 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 Verasmin worshiping <laughs> character was highly highly afraid of death. Um, the most defeatist Verasmin <laughs> I've ever I've ever heard of. I think I offended Steve and Matumbe um, mm-hmm. while time. I played. <laughs> yeah, it was an inf- offensive performance. But uh, and then and then I played the iconic envoy uh, Navasi. Um, and honestly, I had a lot of fun, but, you know, I knew what I was doing. I've, you know, played a lot of Starfinder, but, you know, you never know who you're going to be sitting down at a table with. And we were sitting down with three of just the, the coolest best. dudes the best. and, and just a, a very good, very fun GM. Um, the, the scenario was that all our characters were playing through, a um, kind of an obstacle course followed by another challenge. It was a big reality t- like deathly reality sci-fi TV show that we were playing through. Oh, like The Running Man. Yeah, pretty much. Okay. Um, Death Race. And yeah, we were doing so poorly, we almost <laughs> got wiped the first time. It was the fifth time our GM had played that scenario and he said that everybody passed with flying colors and we almost TPK'd ourselves with no enemies. And every, no, no, let's, let's make this clear. Everyone else finished in under 10 rounds. We were on the 15th, and he mercy saved us. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds sad. It was so... It was It was kind of one of those things where we're all... You had fun after that? We're all, well, we're, it was so like much fun. We were having fun, and then it was like, oh my god, we can't roll high. We can't roll high. And then it was so... Like, the luck was so unbelievably bad. It was funny. People would roll a natty one and, like, f- face plant into lava, and every, the table would just erupt into laughter. <laughs> That that sounds exactly like a situation where, like, you have to go out with your mom to the grocery store, and she just talks all the time. Like, you're like runs into her friend, talks and talks and talks, and you have to sit there smiling and be like, "I'm having fun here. I'm having fun here." <laughs> what a wild trip that story that was. That was a story. Wild analogy. <laughs> Short story long. <laughs> I, have I think no I get what you're saying. Where you're going, but I kind of understand. But also, it wasn't that. It wasn't a grit and bear. It was legitimately hilarious because the group was very, very good at like. I guess that means that my character will do this. Like they're good at describing and like understanding like where their character was actually going. Well, I think okay, you guys yeah. had fun because all those dudes showed up at the booth uh, the next morning when Steve and I were working there, mm-hmm. and a couple of them came to the meetup. Yeah, yeah, that was good and, fun. That and, was good fun. And and speaking of which, let's get into that that third day, that Saturday. Can probably fairly breeze through what happened during the day. And we've already mentioned Griff and I were working earlier. It was a dangerous day. Uh, I was bought a drinking horn like right after my shift was over. <laughs> Filled that with beer. Yeah, you were. Then I had a fucking potion bottle. Oh, me and Steve wore kilts. Of oh yeah, we wore kilts. Of course, of course, uh, too. Because uh, one of the one of the guys at Die Hard was wearing a kilt. And we were like, yes, yeah, Saturday is a kilt day. So we were all wearing kilts. Um, I worked the evening. Yep. I proceeded to attach those two doohickeys to my my belt around my kilt and fill them with liquor and beer. Yeah, and I just had a backpack of beers. (laughs) Backpack of beers. Nice. But, but yeah, and then... You know, as as the day went on, we had a couple drinks. Brooks was working in the evening with some of our other friends. Um, but once the the convention hall shut down and um, the exhibits closed for the day, that's when we kicked off the first HLP post Origins meetup. And oh my god, I was lit. I. I Everyone that came out, and it really felt like we were just celebrities. And I never would have thought that this would have amounted to that. And I loved it. 
Oh, you love feeling like a celebrity? Well, <laughs> no. That, all right. I, I, believe it or not, I worded that poorly. I hugged too many people. Too many people to count. I do remember that, but I really... Just everyone showing up, it was so humbling, and saying that they listen is just the coolest thing ever. Oh, yeah, and it was a blast. It was a blast to get to shoot the shit out about it even more probably canonly than we do on here. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely more candidly because I don't remember <laughs> a lot of that night. <laughs> oh. So I was probably saying some pretty whack stuff. But yeah, you know, special shout out to our boy, our boy Kaido, who showed up with a bunch of beers for Haley. Very uh, some special gluten tea beers, gluten free tea beers, right? Um, or coffee, coffee ciders. ciders. Yeah, yeah it, it, he he saved he like so. There's a special run of cider. Sorry, I have to tell this because I was super excited. Special run of this uh, coffee infused cider, and um, Nathaniel actually went to the store that day when I said I wanted it, and like went and actually bought a spare one and waited for the meetup to hand me the. Um, extra can yeah so that was like super super cool with him and then also I proceeded to uh, hangover drink that the next day uh, because I thought coffee and cider that'll be great for a hangover (laughs) (laughs) that was the plan (laughs) yep I uh, definitely really want to try it another time when I'm also not hungover, but it, it wasn't bad. It was just, uh, but I, I was super appreciative because I definitely wanted to try that. So I was really excited. Yeah, it was fantastic. We had the Die Hard Dice come out. We had Kaido come out, Nathaniel, um, our guys from Starfinder, our buddy Josh that met that we met on the show or from the show. It was it was a wonderful time. Yes, we had all those wonderful people come out. It was so much fun. Like Brooke said, super humbling. We take a, we took an awesome picture at Wolf's Ridge. I know we ended the night at Pins down the street. I remember bits and pieces of that, but it <laughs> seemed like everybody was having a blast. I've been bowling. Yeah, played some bowling. Great fun. I was side-arming that little bowling ball. It's a terrible effect. Um, those poor people at Pins that were working. <laughs> <laughs> Side arming it into the into the bar, yes. yeah, pretty much. But that night we all made it home safe, had a a, a good rest, woke up really hungover, and uh, finished out the con on on Sunday. Ooh, speak for yourself. I actually felt great. I worked oh, in really? the morning, and I felt yeah, I felt great. Mm, lucky you. Yeah, the diehard people left a little bit early. I remember, and but they they also were a little bit slower in the morning, but. But I had I had a good time in the morning actually. Yeah, last day was uh, was a little shorter than the other ones. It was Sunday. A couple of, a couple of us were working. A couple of us weren't. Um, hey, we all picked up our dice though. Yeah, we got like four sets of diehard dice, which is awesome. Yeah, they really hooked us up. Oh yeah, great people, great fun. A lot of fun talking to people about dice, and I want to match my character with these dice and. Oh yeah, I was surprised by the amount of people I saw like two or three times. They came over to the, mm-hmm. d- they were like, and I remember because I'm like, I just sold you that like satin rainbow set. What's up? <laughs> like I also like the uh, this other set. <laughs> kind of well, I, I think I think that speaks to Die Hard more than more than anything. Yeah. Good dice, good fun, good people, origins. We'll see you there again next year. Because yep. I had a blast and we have to go. Oh, back. yeah, for mm-hmm. sure. But you know what I didn't really have a blast doing was almost dying these last couple episodes. So uh, let's talk about that. <laughs> Where do you want to start? Well, between this episode and the last episode of Zone of Truth, we had the party split and then... Um, the Thursday before this is released, which was uh, Ikmer trying desperately to get Lyra healed and um, uh, the uh, almost near confrontation between the Lopper Eclipse and Matumbe. Oof, there's a lot to unpack there. Yeah. <laughs> You're not supposed to split the party, guys, but I feel like I understand why you did because I'm giving you some pretty urgent time crunches in this part of the campaign which is intentional yeah it's urgent time crunches and if you kind of look at it line up day one versus day two i mean feasibly like that first day 
There was a lot of loose ends we could tie up before we ever got even close to the Manticore fight. So I figured if it was something similar to that, you know, we could all achieve a lot and then get back together before the, it really went to hell. We really didn't know what we were getting into in Hergstad until Ikmer and Lyra got a little bit more information about kind of the perils that that town still had. So, I mean, if we had had that information, yeah, maybe we would have all stuck together, but we didn't have it. So we were just going off of what we had at the time. Yeah, I mean, I think the issue is that the first day you had some time, like you had a whole night and had heard about everything, chose to rest and then go in the morning. And this time it was very much like we have to do the trial and then we got to like do something and we have to make this stuff happen quickly. And I think that's where it kind of went haywire because you couldn't get the information and go. I mean, honestly, it sounded almost uh, like harmless to go to Herkstag because Herkstag was literally an abandoned town. How were we supposed to have any idea that like there would really be dangers? No one, no one talked about that. That was just part of going to the town once we found out later, I guess. Yeah, I think the issue with that is really just that you needed to talk to the people from Hergstag to know that there was an issue in the town. And so by not doing like by splitting the party and getting there first, you didn't know what you were getting into, which is a bunch of fucking dead kids. We really needed those message stones that Ikmer was talking about. I know he's he was making up. Uh, there are items. There's two rings that allow you to do that, but it only works out to a mile. So, the smartest know, character in hindsight. In hindsight, <laughs> <laughs> absolutely the truth. Absolutely the truth. But we had some pretty rough combats here. We did. Um, I mean, first of all, we faced the first dead kid, which uh, went pretty poorly. Uh, I'm walking away from that fight with four conjuring. That's yeah, well, awful. your character failed all of their, like, easy will saves. Yeah. I, you didn't roll higher I know. than an 11, dude. Or I you, know. didn't, you didn't roll with your will mod higher than an 11. I It was fives and sixes. I just couldn't stop. Not good, man. No, not good that's, at that's all. That's why you have all the conjuring. You know what? Were you trying to roll the, the ages of these children? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Those would have been crit successes. <laughs> if so, succeed. Ah, uh, yeah. I would have actually Man. boosted my con. Yeah, this, uh, I thought, the whole time I thought you had it when you were rolling fives and sixes, but shocks. That's my age. Well, I mean, we only have five more of those plus a potential mother wraith to go, so. I mean, was it was it yeah, really the time thing? Like, the time thing is why you guys split up? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I figured I figured that was the decision-making process. I, it was, yeah, it was it, it was time, but because of time, I figured there would be something we would have to give up. And if we, you know, if, if we maybe if we all went to Herkstag, then we couldn't talk to people. Or if you know we went to we talked to Elsa's dad and then went to Herkstag, we'd have to not enjoy Starl and all them. Like because we're on such a tight time crunch, <laughs> the best way to hit everything is to literally hit everything. But that means we have to spread ourselves a little thin. And if we're not particularly expecting big encounters, you know, there's an opportunity to do that. Was that a like trying to not meta game decision for splitting? Because, I mean, let's be honest, we've all played enough where it's like if you're going out to another town, there's going to be a fucking encounter. Obviously. There has to be combat in this book. Yeah, I understand that there's supposed to be combat. I just, I don't know if it necessarily, I don't know if I necessarily felt it was, like, guaranteed. We are in a very investigative type situation. I didn't know if the combat was going to come later. Like, I know Matumba and Eclipse had planned to just kind of start by looking around and then wait for Ikmer and Lyra who would been no more than like two three hours behind us so it was one of those things where I honestly don't know how bad how, how much of a combat I was really expecting in the first few hours well, you guys yeah. hardly had one I mean that was a CR4 right. creature like it's not difficult so it wasn't a difficult combat to be fair it's just it has consequences when you fail the will saves and stuff but 
it's got like 30 health yeah and I, I think that's what I just I don't know I wasn't expecting that um, like to happen at all I think <laughs> that's not the only combat that we faced there was a combat that also took place with uh, slightly worse results <laughs> <laughs> slightly yeah um, I mean, Lyra almost died. Like, within inches, she was barely hanging on. I saw the look on your life. face when you were adding up that four-round attack. It looked uh, it looked brutal. I was a little worried there that I had... Uh, I mean, I wasn't worried-worried, but I was like, oh, shit, she might be dead. Huh. I think there's actually a picture that maybe Brooks captured on her Instagram account of me like with my hands folded and I just have far off look in my eyes. I'm just staring <laughs> yeah, into the, the thousand yard stare. Yeah. It was rough. We had a little bit of development between Ikmer and Lyra before then. Um, maybe a budding romance. I'm not sure. We'll see. Um, yeah. Only time, only time will tell. And, you know, I feel like, Lyra was really coming on to Ikmer and we'll see we'll see if Ikmer allows it in the future. <laughs> you know, this is uh this is why people don't like having couples at their table. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Ikmer is you know purposely making it weird. Yeah, he might have been. <laughs> A little bit. And the direct consequence of that encounter between you two was Griffin throwing in the Nethel Ghoul fight. <laughs> I was like, hopefully I can kill one of them. <laughs> yeah, stop this. Yeah, this is the bud right now. So I guess with that in mind, let's just roll right into that. This is the first creature feature we've done in a couple episodes, so I'm really excited to get back to it. Well, I'll start with saying this. The Nethel Ghoul, in its grown form, is a CR8 encounter. However, I did gimp it pretty heavily in order to come into contact with you guys. Note that I said it was small and it's normally large. On top of that, it I put the young template on it, so young creature template, so not, not the baby like it was when it fought you at the beginning, but, but lesser than the big one. I think that, that equates to a minus one. Really interesting thing about Nethal Goose is that they have space for seven brains on their back. And these brains give them power. A full CR8 Nathalgu would have seven brains on its back. For every missing brain, it takes a negative level. Yours had three brains. Okay. Oh, geez. So it was sitting on four negative levels and a negative one CR template. But it's still pretty fucking powerful. Especially when I was fighting it all by myself. Oh. <laughs> okay, so the exact same combat could have possibly happened between Matumbe and Eclipse if they were fighting the Nathalgu too, because Steve can't roll a will save. Well, I mean, I was so, guessing the ages of the children, so... Well, I guess it had the young template on it, so yeah, yeah I probably would have rolled the same. You, you were there when it was born, so you probably would have just rolled straight ones. Oh, even better. <laughs> So yeah, what I'm saying, like, it, you were fighting it all by yourself, and you gave it a hell of a fight. No. No. Well, no. oh, okay. No, wait. I take that back. <laughs> until until you had to roll the spell resistance. Yes, yeah. that could have gone much differently. So, these are some of the stats of a of a CR eight Nathalgu. Obviously, just keep in mind that all of this was scaled pretty far down for yours so normally it would have a 21 ac i think yours had a 17 we on top did. of that uh pretty good saves plus nine four plus six reflex plus 11 will obviously all reduced from the negative levels its health is supposed to be a 105 i think yours was sitting on something around a 70 um it's got perfect flight of 40 feet. That's why it kind of showed up like right in your face as you're riding that horse. It's got a bite and two claws. It also has rend. The bite has a poison, which 
even with all of that, is still a DC, I believe it was 19 fortitude save. Oof. Now it's only it's only uh, a D2 of strength damage, but it lasts six rounds. After I uh, brutalized you, I didn't think it necessary to keep piling on the strength damage, but you might be sitting at one strength at this point because you had not succeeded either time when it uh, bit you and inflicted the poison. Oh, that's even worse. It's uh, two saves to cure. So. Holy shit. Are you still fucking poisoned? Or I mean, technically she would be, yeah. So, uh, the other cool thing about this is that the brains give it spells. So, it had lightning bolt, a hold person, which is what fucked you, yeah. and you. No, it, it, mm-hmm. um, yeah. Well, it, it held me. Yeah, it held you yeah. in the in the seat. I did a 50-50 to see if you fall out of the saddle. I think that's how somebody that's helpless is treated in a saddle, unless you have, like, a riding saddle, um, which improves your chances to a 75% chance to stay in the saddle. Oh, yeah. And I, to be honest, I really like that whole, like, let the dice tell the story because... He stayed, of course, in the saddle for, what, two, three rounds? Yeah, that was almost actually worse that he stayed in the saddle. Now, you would have been prone on the ground, but because you could tell this thing was all eyes on Lyra, Mm -hmm. it might have been better if you were close by. Um, It's got acid arrow, alter self-invisibility, grease, magic missile, ray of enfeeblement, shield, unseen servant... Stabilize acid splash, dancing lights, detect magic, mage hand, open close, press digitation, and read magic. Big spell list for a creature. Oh, yeah. Um, it's also got arcane strike, which is adding to its uh, attack and damage. It's got uh, extend spell, which it used to extend the duration of the hold person on you. Normally, that would be a, um, I believe for it, a six rounder. Um, so extended that beyond. Um, but you get to save every round, and you guys were doing that, and you both eventually did save from it. It's a pretty crazy monster. Oh, yeah, he's heavy. And it clearly mm-hmm. has it out for Lyra. So I'm going to go a little bit into what the tactics were there. The tactics of that creature were to... Uh, it basically wanted to make Ikmer a non-threat so that it could focus on you. It held person on Ikmer once it knew that it succeeded on that. It attempted to do the same to you. It wanted to poison you first, which it managed. So it poisoned you, and then it wanted to hold you, which it did. You came down on the ground, off the horse. It held you. You got out of it. Er, you went prone on the ground, got out of it, held you, and then... When it realized that you broke right out of the whole person, it was like, well, I need to just make her unconscious because the what it was attempting to do was inject those young into your brain, much like you saw with Antrellis and his wife. Mm, what a nice fate. I will tell you this, a little peek behind the screen. If Steve didn't save you with that Harrow card, you would also have a corruption right now. Ooh. But it doesn't know that it, they, the spawn didn't take hold, and so it stabilizes you to make sure that you live to go back to Mother, as it was saying, and then leaves. I, th- I think the people at home probably wanted to see that fail because they want us to get all corrupt and fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it doesn't happen one way. It can happen another way. That's fair. I've got a question for you, Griffin, and this is maybe a flavor thing or what, but you said it had two brains on its back. How does a creature like this get brains? Because it exploded out of Antrellis, right? you got to assume yeah. he's got one there. Yeah, so it had one. It actually had three brains on his back, so okay. it can hold seven. Oh, sure, sure. So I was saying it was out four. So basically, it has a special coup de gras, much like the baby did, where if it if it has you helpless with a hold person, it can then coup de gras you. If it succeeds and you fail the fortitude save, you immediately die and it takes your brain. Oh, so if oh, it got Ikmer, we'd be fine. 
bring yeah. it down a couple negative levels with the addition of that brain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it loses so, all spellcasting. Yeah, so what? Lyra has an undead or whatever to an undead detective to, <laughs> to follow her around. So that was a Nithel goo. You're almost definitely going to see it again. Oh, really? I'm so excited. I love having the Nithalgu as a reoccurring villain. As horrible as it is for Lyra, it sets like a great overall tone for me to play my character that I'm like always, Lyra always has to be watching. Now it's a ticking clock of when it's going to figure out she hasn't been corrupted. So the, the one thing I will say, this was a direct consequence for splitting the party you were maybe not going to see this creature here, especially with all the work I did to reduce the power of it so it was feasible that you guys would actually live, which even then almost killed you. This was a direct result of Lyra not having the entire group around her. So I need to keep all my friends very close. (laughs) Where where have I heard that before? Yeah. (laughs) Oh, And speaking of tactics... We just leveled up, just got the bodyguard feet, and I couldn't even do anything about it. And I, well, I know Ikmer feels awful, awful, awful about it, but I also feel awful just because I can't even use it. I can't use the new, my new toy type of deal. <laughs> oh, it's ridiculous. I'm sure you'll get to bodyguard an incorporeal touch coming through your chest. Ooh. Well, I can. Well, it, that it doesn't not, matter. You can certainly yet. bodyguard it. It's not yet. No, that's in harm's way. Oh, okay, gotcha. Oh, you're giving you give a bonus with bodyguard, right? Just that's a right. bonus to AC. Yeah, gotcha. just the AC. So not quite yet. In time. All right, folks. Well, I think we all know what time it is. It's time to do some listener questions. Let's get into it. The first question we have today comes from uh, username. Let me make sure I get this right. Discharge McGee, the milky and white. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) That's that was only after a very special drunken discordly. That's true. That's true. He earned that name and I'm not going to tell you how. (laughs) Uh, You're the Patreon for that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. All right. So he's asking, I can't remember if this question has been done, but if one of the players had to DM and the DM played a PC, who'd be the new DM and what would the new PC be? Good question. Hmm. Let's throw it to the table. I don't know. I think it, you know, if I wasn't DMing, I feel like it would really depend on what we were playing. That's my answer as well. For um, who would be the new DM. I think if we were playing Starfinder, especially if we were playing it on a podcast, I would defer to Haley because she's run an entire six-book AP in Starfinder. But in Pathfinder, I think I would just say, like, whatever AP we were doing, whichever one of you is most interested in the theme of that, that's what I would say. Because I think, um, you know, if if we were going to run Serpent Skull or something, I'd say, Steve... You were so interested in it, you wanted to read it without even, you know, a thought of running it. I just you read the stat block for, or got through the stat block of the big bad at the very end last night. I'm just about done. Oh, nice. It's so much fun. Very nice. I would default to Haley no matter what, to be honest. Yeah? Yeah. No, I, I, I haven't ever played with her as a DM, but... <laughs> Lots of confidence in me for that. Com- confidence. <laughs> I have, yeah. I mean, that's that's exactly what it is, confidence. Yeah, so I think I read this question a little bit differently than uh, either Griff or Steve. Uh, I read this as, if tomorrow, for whatever reason, in the same exact campaign, or we're switching books or whatever, in the same exact campaign, what character would Griffin come in as, and who would, like... GM. That's how oh, I yeah. read it. 
versus like. Oh, I was trying to think of it as a realistic scenario. No, I know. I thought, <laughs> I thought that as well, but I like your I like your interpretation. Yeah, that's honestly I was thinking because I was thinking like let's say one of our characters were to die or whatever, and then we just some weird role reversal, which w- it wouldn't happen. But if it did, like. I wanted to know what kind of player would you come in at on this like What campaign? would I after having read the entire thing? Uh, yeah, of course. Fucking cleric, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Are you mental? So wait, so so we just fucked cleric up here. Cleric or huh? paladin? Cleric <laughs> or paladin? De- actually, I definitely roll in as paladin in this group because it's just a murder town. Yeah. With a meat grinder in the front, uh, cleric would be great. I think. You know, you guys could use a cleric. Channels are great. War priest would be really fun. I mean, you know, this AP's heavily undead, so if you want to play something optimized, play that. I think a ranger with the undead favorite enemy would play really well in this. Um, but, I mean, personally, cleric, because I want that full spell list. Yeah. All that being said, though, I would love to DM any game. Of obviously, I really like it. It's fun. I think it's fun playing all of the all the different people, NPCs, and creatures. So, if we if we continue on with the Haley thought experiment of you know swapping Griffin out for someone in the room right now for this campaign, um, I don't really care about the regular show, but I want Emily to do the evil interludes. Yep. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, I might have too much fun with that. Oh my! I I don't know if I would be able to be on the show because I would hear about it every minute of every day. (laughs) Welcome to Haley's life. Oh no! Any different from how I live? All right. Hey, but it is still on my uh, New Year's goal for this year to run a campaign, or at least a one-off with you guys. So. All right. Don't yeah, I think, I think, record uh, it. But. Before I give up the reins, I'm just going to make everybody audition for it. If, if, if you're going to pick up Carrying Crown. <laughs> just one-on-one <laughs> auditions. One-on-one auditions. Run me through a one-shot. Oh, my. <laughs> and how's your Horus? How's your Horus? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I've got a Nana Opal, so I've got that. But I don't have a Horus. Seems like you've memorized Ultimate Campaign. You know the AP inside and out, but the Horus just isn't there. Hey. You're gonna have to go with another Horace. <laughs> is Horace gonna have a mustache? Uh, does he have the eyebrow wiggles? I know oh, it doesn't God. come out on audio, but <laughs> yeah, it Brooke, comes out in person. Brooks has a good physical Horace. <laughs> a good physical Horace. Oh. Dear God. If we named these episodes, we'd have to call this one Physical Horace. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. oh, boy. All right, well, this question's taking a turn that we really don't need it to take, so we're going to move on here to, um, all right, here we go. I'm going to try this name. Trafalgar. I think it's Trafalgar. It's probably Trafalgar. Um, (laughs) I think it's Trafalgar. Trafalgar? That's the one. (laughs) Yeah. That is the one. Um, I don't know if this was asked already, but here it goes. If you, as players, or in Griffin's case, as GM, lived on Galarian, where would you like to live? Uh, and then he follows it up with, would you settle or would you be an adventurer? And if so, what class would you like to have? I do want to say that we are going to ignore that very last piece because we've been talking about the, you know, our classes in other episodes of Zone of Truth. But I do want to play with this because it's a good fun experiment. Who wants to go first? Ooh. Um, I should probably go last just because I want to change the question just a little bit. So... I don't know if Trafalgar is going to like that. Don't put words in Trafalgar's <laughs> mouth. Trafalgar. All right, fine. We'll go, we'll, we'll go the opposite direction then. I'll lead it off here. Um, if I lived on Galarian, I feel like I would probably live in... Um, where, where does... Um, where does... Not, not Kingmaker, but the newer AP that's like Game of Thrones. War for the Crown. War for, War for, War for the Crown. Where does it, it's Taildor. Is it Taldor? Yeah, that's where I would be in this crumbling bureaucracy, and I would probably be somehow involved in the Church of um, Abadar because I live and breathe the law. So that's what I would do. I follow the rules. Nice. Yeah. That'd be me. Not bad. I uh, <clears throat> I definitely pick the shackles, man. Pirates yeah. still exist. Come on. And am I settling down? No. I've got to be a pirate. If I get the chance to be a pirate, I'm going to take it. You're just living that Ailstorm fantasy. Living that Ailstorm fantasy. (laughs) 
That's gonna, I'm gonna shoot right around the eye of Abendego. You know. Hurricane, sure I'm gonna be the new breeze. Hurricane you're, King. You're new flowing hurricane. mane out behind you. Flowing mane out behind me, it works perfectly, besides the lack of beard. There you go. Emily, where are you gonna be at? I would love to live in Magnamar. I oh. have really enjoyed the whole Rune Lords lore and campaign and all of the like ancient Thassalon ruins and all of that that is yet to be discovered, at least in our campaign. I would love to get to adventure and discover more there. Definitely wouldn't be settling down. There's too much to explore. Oh, yeah. It's not the Magmar Sawmill that's drawn you there. Oh, this <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll just become a a like factory worker in the sawmill and just like run logs all day every day. The dulcet tones of the sawmill <laughs> lull me to sleep every evening in my house in Magnamar. That's beautiful. I changed my answer. Alright, Haley, where are you living? Promise you that Griffin and I didn't even talk about it, but I would also say the shackles. Um I maybe it's me because we went went through like an awesome um shackles like run through but um i think it would be a blast i would probably not um settle down at first i would totally want to adventure um but i am actually afraid of boats and so i'd probably be drunk uh at least 90 percent of the time or drinking whatever sort of alchemy things that i've created to try to ease my like general Unhappiness with being on a boat constantly, but I would want to because it'd be fun. Like this is, I would be like torn most of the time. All right, not a me. So when I first heard this question, I was really unsure from the very beginning. And so if the question were asked, what class would you be in a certain area? I felt like I could answer that more clearly. So. In Phrygia, I felt like I want to be like I would want to be a ranger. In Chiliax, I would be a witch, like it was in Rise of the Rune Lords. Uh, in the Mwangi, be a barbarian, and in Ustalav, uh, I don't know, be a vampire. So you, so you love everywhere. <laughs> you want yeah. to live everywhere and try Let's a be bit fair. Of everything. Everyone would be a fucking vampire to use love. Come on. Yeah. You get to be a part Who of the vamp- vampire court. Team Edward, man. Team Edward. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, but. Or a werewolf in the Shutterwood. Yeah, show your, show your, in the Shutterwood. Show your support for uh, the Hideous Laughter podcast. Hashtag Team Edward. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't uh, think that's, that's how, ever. That's how we'll know if you're a diehard fan. Yeah, but. So, like, that's kind of how I get it, or I, I guess answer the question. I know it's not exactly right, but I actually would probably settle down, but expand on being, like, a, I don't know, treasure hunter or, like, bounty hunter in this area type of deal. He's going to pull a kingmaker and uh, start his own kingdom. <laughs> He'd settle in one place, but... A mass wealth. You'd be a good king, Brooks. I've seen your premium Snapchat. <laughs> <laughs> good God. Oh, boy. All right, I think we got time for one more question in us. So this one comes from our buddy Necessary Evil. I think it's been asked if you all have any pre-recording rituals and such. But do you all have some personal things that you do or wear for any game? And then he provides an example. So back in his Return of the Rune Lords group he played, he would always make sure he was wearing his GCP hat whenever he was playing. Um, so I, I, I actually do have a whole bunch of little, like, paranoia, OCD-ish kind of rituals. You know, kind of akin to, like, the people that don't shave during the playoffs or, like, that kind of shit. Or, like, don't wash their favorite team's jersey. Um, whenever I think Matumbe is genuinely going to die, I'll wear my Phrasma shirt that was made for me by uh, Deoxia Rio, and those will probably <laughs> be Team Slurp episodes. Also, I always wear a hat when we record. Um, I don't really know why. just kind of fits. And I always have three sets of die in front of me. That's I have tons and tons of sets of dice, but I always have three when we play, and they rotate for my different games. Oh, 
I did not know that. Yeah. Even sitting next to you, I did not know that before. So you're a three sets per character kind of guy? Uh, I kind of rotate them. So I have like a bunch of sets that I'll use for, for Rune Lords and Carrion Crown, but I'll rotate what I end up using. But I always have three. They'll change, but I've always got three. Nice. Well, for me, it's all about the mind game. And for Ikmer, I actually listen to multiple, or like, I guess a lot of the songs from the Hideous Laughter playlist that someone else asked us to do earlier on the Zone of Truth or whatever. But even before that, I was uh, listening to sad songs before and just sad, sad, depressing, lonely songs. And at least listening to Whiskey Lullaby once in the day is required if we're recording. That's pretty cool. We need to add to that playlist. It's hey, yeah. I mean, I listen, I listen to it quite frequently, but I, for me, it's all about the headspace. I get that for sure. That's awesome. Um, who, who else here? You guys got some rituals? Haley, I'm looking at you. Uh, no, I don't. I don't. You don't? Anything. Uh, not even a little. Like, I literally... I do, I do get frustrated. So this table is used for the Runelords game, as you guys have heard, <laughs> and I am not in that. And so before I start playing any of my games, I do need to like rearrange everything so that my dice are on my right side. But that's about it. That's the only thing about. It. Makes sense to me, though. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta get your space ready. I understand that. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Got, I mean, you got your grab it, grab the dice with your right hand, roll. Do something with your character sheet or whatever. It makes sense. Liquor drinks on both sides. <laughs> no, my dice. <laughs> my dice are on the same side as my drink, and that—that that is that. <laughs> All right, Emily, what do you got for us? I am also a little particular about my dice. I have specific dice that go with specific characters. And if I'm doing like a really important roll for them, I like to roll that one. So like I have my Lyra dice that are kind of like Laguni that Griffin got for me. I have uh, Rise of the Rune Lords uh, that Tim got for me that I like to do for our Rune Lords campaign. And they have to be organized too. I like to organize them by uh, numerical order so I can always find them very easily. I uh, mean like size? Yeah, yeah. So, like, all the D8s are grouped together. All the D20s are grouped together. It it would be pretty hard to organize dice of a lot of the same numbers in numerical order. I just meant. You didn't roll them all. (laughs) I just meant, like, the D20s are in one place, and then, you know, like, you have your D8s in another place. So, like, that sort of. What, What about your D6s? Yeah, they're in there, too. What about your D12s? Griffin, do you have any rituals? Um, Unless you have any or any, any more, uh, Emily. No, no, that's good. As a GM, especially recording, drink two drinks before, have one on the table, have one as a backup. That's uh, that's the Griffin Norman GMing way. That's how you uh, you keep it going. That's how it works. That's how we're we've gone forty five episodes of this uh, podcast. Uh, but as far as other rituals, I know because I have so many de- sets of dice, which dice are consistently hot for me and which ones aren't. So I decide at the start of a session if I'm going hard or going easy with the dice. Ooh. Um, well, don't tell us. No, I never will. I'll never yeah. tell. Oh. You just might see me switch up in a combat and just know. You don't know if I'm switching for the worse or for the better, but uh, I am. Oof. You know when you're not on the show and we're we're playing like Dead Sons of Rune Lords, you constantly tell everybody what dice are your good ones, and I never oh, use I, them on I, the show. Really? I never use them on the show because I have other good dice. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Good to know. Yeah. Well, yeah. If I use my frosty reds on this show, you guys would die. That's you know, those are we know that's those trouble. Dice are we know that trouble. Those are coming out. <laughs> <I'm like that>. <laughs> <laughs> well. I, yeah, I think I, I like I like our sessions when we have like a pre pre game song, but we don't really do that here because we're always setting up. I guess my setup ritual is a whole thing where you guys all sit here and talk while I set all of the shit up. But usually, you guys help me by setting up all the chords and shit at the beginning. So that's our rituals. 
Well, you heard it here. I mean, we need to supply Griffin's four liquor drink uh, session uh, ritual. So send us send us more. Send us more. <laughs> yeah, you guys could always send us booze. We'll drink it. It doesn't matter what it is. <laughs> well, I'll drink I've it. Had enough, <laughs> I've, I've had enough uh, black licorice, to be honest. <laughs> Just send us a, an un- unmarked water bottle full of booze. We'll figure it out oh. on air. The worst part is, like, I bought one of those when I was in Europe because liquor was so expensive. We were in Greece, and there were just, like, empty two liters filled up with some kind of liquor. And I was like, "That's dangerous. I'm buying that. That is dangerous. Oof. Was it, all right, was it clear or was it dark? It was clear. Oof, that's yeah. even harder. Yeah, it was like, um, God, what was it? Rocky. What the hell is that? It's like liquor distilled from grape skins. It was horrible, and we all we all just kept like kept each other honest if we could still see. All right, guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think on that, it might, we might uh, need to start the ritual of me going the fuck home. So um, let's go ahead and go around the table. Um, you know, appreciate everybody for tuning in for the special episode 10. I'm looking forward to next week and the party's back together. How exciting is that? Absolutely. Woo. Yeah. Thank you. We love it here. Yeah. For a bit. <laughs> <laughs> Until we die, I guess. <laughs> Until that cadre takes Matube down. Very realistic situation <laughs> we're, we're laying out here. <laughs> Don't worry. Ikmer's going to come in with that, that just detective craziness that he's got and also uh, restoration because everyone knows that he's got that <laughs> yeah, just like he had stable eyes <laughs> yep. I, was at I was pulling at straws if we could stabilize me right no <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know Igmer uh, took that tip in cleric of course Griffin do you want to say anything to the fans at home no, just that I, I love you. Thank you for listening. Uh, we always have a blast recording these, so thank you so much for giving us the opportunity to do so. But more specifically, is there something you want them to do? Well, I would ask that you finish your drinks, because we'll see you next week. But Steve hasn't told us uh, the result of our will save. He got Wait, me. He Wait got me. How I forget old, something every time. How old are we? Uh, are we going for? And these will saves. Dear God. That's how we, that's <laughs> Everybody how we succeeded save. their will save, Bud Brooks. <laughs> <laughs> Finish your drinks. We'll see you in two weeks. Later. <laughs>